0: Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time we can spend in your Word, Lord. Help us to not only want to know you more, but to be obedient to your Word, be obedient to what we learn here
1: tonight, Lord. Help us to carry that out to this world, to build your kingdom one person at a time, Lord Jesus. Help us to be that light. Help us to know why we have hope.
0: For any situation, help us to give the answer whenever we're asked. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. You know, I love our worship music and our worship songs. It, it really sets the temple of your spirit. And I, I don't know if you guys really listen to the words in a song, but it's, it, man, that's that's powerful guy Whoever yeah. wrote that song. You know, all three of them. You know, it's just... Um, you know, being from a surrender part and being that you want to be just you in a place, that just you in the Lord. You know, and it, it's it's really awesome worship songs. That you can, I, I can definitely feel God gave us those songs for that. Yeah, tonight's message is going to be about identifying things in your life. And this is what it comes to when we talk about maturity in our spiritual walk. You see, like we talk about in salvation, when we talk about salvation, is to build your foundation. But we're here, and we want to build on our foundation. And these are the things that you got to understand that we go through to help us to build on top of that foundation, our salvation.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah, that rhymed, yeah? <laughs> you notice that too, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but it's, it's something that you can recognize and identify. And this is why I always... Bring out with you folks, identify, recognize, and apply in your life. Apply the things that you, you, you learn. It's, it's not to just go in for knowledge and you store it in a treasure chest in your heart. But you're supposed to practice these things. You're supposed to be aware of these things. You're supposed to know how to use the tools that God gives us, the spiritual gifts. Tonight we're gonna we're gonna cover some of the things that God shared with me. It's the title of tonight's message is where we've identified the good, but do we identify the bad? We identify our strengths, but do we identify our weaknesses? You see, God wants us to know both sides of the story. You see, the parts of our strengths help us to be powerful and mighty in God. The things that are our weaknesses, the things that are bad in our life, they become a hindrance to our spiritual growth. It becomes a hindrance to our strength. It's like you're going into battle and you don't have all of the resources. When, you, when in the military, we get a bunch of us, especially the guys that's been in the military, one of the things that we train while we're in the military is that we know our strengths. But they also remind us we must know our weaknesses. Because even in the biggest battle with it, they might be stronger than us. If we identify their weaknesses, we can attack their weaknesses and overcome and win the battle. This is the same perspective in our our godly walk, our spiritual walk. You see, Satan comes in always from the back door. Not from the front door. He sneaks into places... That are easy to get to in our life. But what I want to teach you tonight. What God wants to teach you tonight. Is to identify and recognize your weak points. So that you can shut the door on him. And if he puts a foot in there. We're going to learn how to go one step even further. So we're going to start our message tonight. With our first scripture found in Luke. Chapter 18, verse
1: 18 to 25. <laughs> A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandment. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. <clears throat> Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter
0: the kingdom of God. It's interesting because we read this scripture, I think, about a week or two ago. And tonight's message is like a total different message and it's the same scripture. Jesus is going to teach us tonight, even in this scripture, from the Master himself, how that we can identify the good things that are in our life and uh, we can also identify the bad. How we can identify what strengthens us and what weakens us. You see, a certain ruler had asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. He said, you know the commandments. And now you got to realize too, Jesus knows this man's heart. He knows the good that's in him and the bad. He knows his strengths and his weakness. But let's see where he starts off. He starts off with the gentleman's strength, his strengths. He says, he said, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. All this I have kept since I was a boy, he said. You see, Jesus identified his strengths. His strengths that he needed God in his life and he identified sin. But with a new covenant he didn't understand. But you see, but he still identifies the gentleman's strengths and trying to be obedient to God. When Jesus heard this, he said, you still lack one thing. Jesus now identifies his weakness. He also identifies the bad part of him. He says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And of course, a couple of scriptures down the line when he explains to the disciples, he says, All things are possible through God. But what in this this very short passage of a parable, not a parable, but actually an incident that happened during Jesus' time. He identifies the strengths of the person and he identifies the weakness of the person. But he identifies now, even in the weakness of the person, that it is possible for God to overcome your weakness. For all things are possible to God. So tonight, we're going to get an in-depth thing on you personal. And this is why I told you to grab a pen, because we're going to draw. But before we even get to that, that's why I said we're going to go through the scriptures into the last two verses, and we'll start drawing at the last two verses. But I want you to understand the message that Jesus is bringing to you, because this will help you when we get to the drawing stage. So if you're not clear on something, ask. Then let's make it clearer for you. Yeah, we identify our strengths and our weaknesses we go to our next scripture found in John chapter 16 verse 33 continuing on the things of our weaknesses and our strengths I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace You see, we're going to have all kinds of problems. We're going to have situations in our life, but God always gives us peace. I'm talking about when the bad things, our weaknesses, listen to what he says, he gives us peace. In other words, he gives us an assurance that we can overcome all things. But tonight, you have to understand something. You have to identify and recognize it. Because if you don't identify and recognize, this is when Satan slides in and disrupts and destroys and corrupts. In the world, you will have trouble. He did not say we might have trouble and some of us will. He said in this world, we will have trouble. All of us. You have to understand this concept with the trouble makes us to grow in God. It strengthens us. It is there to establish us to grow in God. To be strengthened in a powerful way with God. But you got to understand that sometimes in our troubles, it also brings weakness in us. So understand the weak side of trouble in your life. Look for the bad also in the troubles. Because these are the things that you're going to find out is what we need to strengthen. To recognize, to identify, and to apply in our life to get rid of it. We go to our next scripture found in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 to 20. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that
1: you may know the hope for which he has called you the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and the incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the
0: same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in His heavenly realms. God reminds us that even though we're identifying our good and our bad, we identify our weaknesses and our strengths, that He wants you to know the person that is in charge is Almighty. And all-powerful that there is nothing in this world and even in the world that is above and the world that is below that can overcome God God is almighty and all-powerful I pray that your eyes and your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you for so that you would understand this message that you would understand how to identify and recognize, including your weaknesses. It's easy in our journey to recognize the things that strengthen us. But we don't want to deal sometimes with the things that corrupt us, things that that bother us. But these become very vital, important things in your journey, in your walk with God. Because these are the things that disrupt your day. It disrupts you from glorifying God. It disrupts you from having a relationship with the Father. Mm -hmm. The riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incorruptible, incomparable great power for us who believe, the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realm. We go to our next scripture found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17.
1: I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love,
0: I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you and with the power of through His Spirit in your inner being. Remember now, we are spiritual beings having human experiences. We are not human beings having spiritual experiences. So the human being becomes the lesser part of us. But you have to understand, that even though it is your weaker part now that you are saved, it is also the part that can corrupt you and make you to fall short. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So Christ may dwell in your heart through your spiritual man, your spiritual woman. And I pray that you be noted, rooted, and established in love. That you recognize your foundation, your salvation, and we build on that from there. Identify that. We go to our next scripture, found in Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-six to twenty-seven.
1: In your anger, do not sin; do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil
0: a One of the things that we find in our downfalls—we just thrown in there at this point—so you to recognize: In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Three things that I want to share with you in this scripture. He said, in your anger, do not sin. You see, anger is not of God. When you start getting mad at somebody and you start getting frustrated, what happens, it introduces new things in your life. It's the bad side of you. When you start to anger, he says, do not sin. What he's doing is because of your anger, you open other doors that corrupt you. That interfere with your journey. Interfere with your walk with God. How's it going, my brother? How's that? When you start to let anger come in, it opens a lot of doors for other opportunities for the devil to work in you. But I'm going to share with you guys tonight how we get rid of it, how God has given me that wisdom, that knowledge and understanding, the revelation. And do not give the devil a foothold. You see, when we introduce our weaknesses and we do not recognize it, If we don't recognize it, the devil takes a foothold. He starts to move in on the back door. This is why it's important tonight for you to understand that, so you can close that door. Tonight we're going to talk about closing that door. We go to our next scripture found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 13. This message reminds us to identify and to recognize. When you identify and you recognize the problems that, in, that come into your life, the things that hinder your walk in your faith, He wants us to expose it. We expose it by identifying and recognizing. In other words, He wants us to do something about it. He wants us to do something about it. He wants us to recognize our problems and do something. Don't just recognize and identify your problem and just say, okay, I realize that it's there. He wants us to do something. He wants us to battle it. He wants us to overcome it. This is why he says expose it and bring it to the light. Let the spiritual man deal with it. Let God deal with the things that are wrong in your life. Present it. Manifest it. Speak it out. These are the terminologies used when you expose it. If you're angry, let yourself be aware of it. This is not of God. It is not of God. Identify and recognize it so you can learn how to get rid of it. And these are the things that we're going to talk about tonight. Getting rid of these things. These bad things. Besides exposing it. Exposing it and identifying it but it plays that key and important role to get rid of it. We go to our next scripture found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 12,
1: 2-12. Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's feet. For your struggle, For your struggle is not against flesh, and blood, but against the ruler, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm.
0: Understand that our battles are spiritual. This is why I constantly remind you guys that we're spiritual beings having human experiences. Because this is the relevant part of our journey. It's the relevant part of our existence here on this world, and the next world. But you have to understand, you have to be always prepared. You have to have always prepared to give an answer for everything you do. Even the things that your body does that is wrong. You have to expose it. You have to identify and recognize it. This is the only way that we're going to get over the things that constantly come over and over and over again in our life and you wonder why is it happening all the time because you did not expose it you did not identify and recognize it and you didn't know how to get rid of it tonight we're going to go through that tonight we're going to go through that so everybody grab their pen and i want you to draw a triangle like this one line to the middle i <laughs> want on, on the top of your triangle you put a heart above the heart i want you to put your name your name we all have the paper and, and that pencil and like I said at the pen but I want you guys to let your heart be open tonight you don't have to look at each other's paper and I don't want you to this is not uh, middle school or something but I want you to be very honest with yourself this is going to make it to work but I want you to write down these things which is going to be personal to you the first thing I want you to do is if you can name one, two, and three. There might be a lot more, there might be less, but I want you to name something. And Kahu, I'm going to tell you my weaknesses. Yeah, Because these bottom three things is your weakness. It's the start of your weakness. What I want you to do, and I want you to concentrate, and I want you to have that open mind, because we all fall short of God's glory. But what I want you to identify is the first thing that happens when things go wrong. And for me, the first thing, I'm going to put number one, is irritation. I'm probably spelling it wrong, so like I said, I never admitted that I was good in English.
1: Casey's looking at my
0: paper. Casey's looking at my paper. <laughs> don't look at his paper. <laughs>
1: One of it, it is, is irritation. Huh? Nothing. Well, well, then, okay. When things happen, the first thing The that,
0: first thing that when things go wrong, <laughs> I don't want you to add things. I want you to recognize that very first thing that starts your problem. For me, it's irritation. The next level from irritation that it gets tr- to me is frustration. You see, I get irritated first, and I don't identify it, and I don't recognize it in my life. The irritation starts to move to a different level. It becomes frustration now. Now I get frustrated with everybody. I'm irritated with a situation. Now it becomes open to everybody, and now I'm frustrated with everybody else. I'm frustrated. Why is Rob wearing his hat backwards? Why 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 does somebody have long sleeve shirt? It started first from irritation. These are only examples. You can wear your hat the way you want. I was looking at your hat. Okay. <laughs> See, that's irritation. No, 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 no. <laughs> but irritation starts started off the problem. you you gotta recognize these things. It's very important. How did it start? My first start, it was irritation. From irritation, it moved to frustration. Now from frustration, it it now reaches to my heart. And now it is angry. I become angry, bitter, mad. It all started from irritation. From irritation, it moves to frustration. And from frustration, to anger. I want you to look at what you have. You notice whatever you put down that it will lead to one thing above it. Notice the level. That's why I want you to search your heart. When you realize that that small entry that came in, it moves to another level. And from another level it gets even greater. Yeah. It even gets greater. I go to, I'm going to just do two of them tonight. If you guys want to add more, it's good. And I want you to do this on your own, even at home, because it's very, very important. I'm going to add on number two, sadness. I I get to the part of being sad. You know, sadness can come in many forms, but it doesn't come from God. Yeah, I can watch a soap opera or something, which I don't want soap operas. But I I can watch something, that Korean drama. And I get really sad. You know that you open a door in your spiritual world when you start to get sad? It opens a door. It opens a door. That unlocks new things to enter in. From sadness. Sadness. It comes depression. I started off watching a movie that was sad. Now I go home after the movie is done from Prince Hill. It's a sad movie. I have let that spirit come into me. Now I go home, I'm depressed. Now I get John calling up and he's saying, Hey, Katie, let's go swimming. Let's pump, man. Let's go do this thing. I'm like no, John. I don't really feel like today. I'm just not really in the mood. I've got depressed from introducing sadness in my life. From this simple thing of something sad, has moved me into a, mo- a position of depression. It may be a po- position of depression, and then from depression. I want to be just left alone. This is not of God either. God wants us to always have fellowship. He always wants us to be with one another. He wants us to talk to people. He wants us to get into conversations on the phone, in personal. This is one of the four things that God shared with us to spiritually grow is fellowship. Because of just a simple thing that was introduced into my spirit that came in from the back door, it moved to depression. Then now I'm just down on myself. And now that I'm so down on myself, and I'm just, just depressed about everything, now I turn off the phone, close my door, and go into my bedroom to be left alone. Does that help? No. It is now entered into my heart. Is now disruptive. It is now disruptive in my life. So you have two things that are on there. I'm going to use it in mine. Is, you guys want to use my illustration. That's fine as well. But I want you to examine your life. Because all of us have things. This is Carl's one. These things bring me in my life as what we read in the scripture, then it becomes sin in my life. Because it's not of God. We go to our next scripture found in Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 19 to 21.
1: you as I did before
0: those like I'm gonna add one more on here this is not though, so don't don't get all twisted and bend up but I'm gonna add sex in here As number this one here yeah I'm going to add that because this becomes a common thing with people. Sex. And when I refer to sex, it's, it's the point of that maybe <laughs> I, I look at porn. Or maybe I look at, at a book like um, 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 Playboy magazine. Yeah? And I start to do these things. And yet, uh, it, I look at these things and I say, oh, wow, man, look at these things. right? It is an introduction to moving up in your, your weakness. It's a weakness because it's not of God. From this this parts of the sect, then it becomes to the point, right? That that you start to just get really frustrated sexually, and you're having a hard time with, with, with dealing with it. But what is that word would be? Hmm. That you're moving one step of committing. You pick me like you. Oh man, I'm terrible on spelling. Okay. But it's like one step away from adultery. But this is according to the old covenant, not the new covenant. Because I'm gonna let you know the new covenant, you're already committing adultery down here. Okay, but you one step of actually committing the act of adultery. You see, you get so turned on and you married and you're doing this kind of thing, and then you get to a level that corrupts your heart is you commit adultery. You commit adultery. You have now sinned and committed adultery. Now as we read these scriptures, we said, the acts of the flesh are obvious to sexual immortalities. This is why I added the first one in. Yeah, Sexual immortalities, impurity, democracy, idolatries, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, rages, fits of rages, self of am- self-ambition, dissensions and faction, the envious drunkenness, orgies, and the like of it. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are things where Satan uses to come into your back door. Yeah? To come in our back door. These are the things that corrupt us in our spiritual being. But tonight, I want you to understand something. I want to share with you what God shared with me. How do we get rid of these things? The first thing that we do As we bring it in the open. Bringing it in the open means to identify and to recognize it. you got to identify and recognize. Oh, wait a minute. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is not of God. This is bringing it to the light. You identify it first to identify it. But I'm going to share with you something what God had shared with me. You see... You have three different stages as we bring it out in, your, in your, your note. How do you get rid of it? It is preferably to get rid of it on the first stage. This is what I'm going to share with you tonight. What is the opposite of irritation in the spiritual sense that is godly and good? Give me something.
1: Celebration.
0: <coughs> patience. Huh? Patience. You guys agree? Mm-hmm. Irritation. The opposite of irritation is patience but we're gonna put patience. When you start to get irritated, start to be patient. I cannot understand why these things happen. Whoa, I identify and I recognize it. I gotta be patient. Good example. I'm driving down Bayfront. I start to drive down Bayfront and we're going to go to get a church horn and come in there, some come in there clothes. Yeah. So I make a turn onto Bayfront, and right by the stoplight, traffic is backed up wall to wall. Kahu gets irritated. Not a God. Irritation comes in my doorstep to the back door. Top it all off, I get two of my children with him. I get Michaela and Martha. God wants us to be a good living example in our lives. I get irritated, and I decide I'm going to cut on a back road and go all the way around by the canoe paddling, and just go all the way that way, all the way to the end, to the stoplight, and then cut back in. I'll overtake everybody. Irritation is building. I tell myself, I recognize it. God says, really, son, are you going to do that? Then I hear him say, son, be patient. The traffic is here so that you can talk to your daughters about God. I provided you an air-conditioned truck, which my truck was out of air condition, if you guys remember. But now it's filled with air-conditioned, we're stuck in traffic. He said, what is your rush? You're exactly where you're supposed to be at the right time. I start to share with them about God. But it doesn't stop there. The first place we go is to the music store. We get to the music store, and I buy a cord that I needed for the mic, the one that we, we got donated to the church. The, the mic didn't really work good, so I had to buy a new cord. So I buy this new cord and everything like this, and now I need to turn left because Mills is by... um. The, the Kamehameha school story is by, um what is that, by, um, what is it crony side. By the old cronies.
1: By the singing bridge.
0: By the singing bridge. But on, on, on this side. But I I get in this lane, and as soon as I get to the stop sign, guess what it says? No left, turn. No left. No left, turn. I, I got to turn left. You know what I say? Listen to, again, this is Kau. Not perfect. I said. Lord, please forgive me, but there's no traffic. I'm going to make a left turn. You know what God's response was to that? Really? With your two kids on the car, you're going to let them know when nobody's watching, it's okay to sin? Whoa, Convictions. Mark and I probably looking, and they were saying, I said, well, Dad's talking to himself again. <laughs> but I said, no, Lord, I'm going to make a right turn. Go around to the service station and then turn around on the next block. And I do that. But you gotta understand irritation. Why did it pull a no left turn over there? It could have easily led me to the next level of frustration. Turning left, and then if somebody came down the road, they would look, brother, what? You don't can see the sign, no left turn. And I would have been frustrated. And I would have been frustrated. I said, why? What do you care, bro? I don't wanna go left. Now it turned into angry. Yes, yeah, step out of the car, brother. <laughs> then I've fallen into a deeper sin each time. you got to learn that every time you've been introduced to the back door of your problem, it builds up into it destroys your heart. It gets to what God is pure at. You have to understand. When you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, he lives there. You're going to let filth come in from the back door. Or you're going to catch it from the beginning. So in that, if you just so happen to miss irritation. And then you start to move to the next level. This is what God shares with me. What is the opposite of frustration? Peace. Peace, Peace is a good one. Peace. Calmness. Peace, calmness. These are things of God. The opposite. (laughs) These are the opposite. You see. (laughs) I'm sorry. If we get irritated, we replace our irritation with patience. But if for some reason that passed you through that door and you're not able to identify and recognize, now Satan is starting to make a foothold on you. This is one of the scripture that we refer to. That he starts to move in to your back door. Now he's moved into a next level of frustration. Now we have to overcome it now with two things. Listen to what I'm saying. This is very important. Now I have to replace it with two things. You see, irritation got in the door. Got Satan to get into the door. I didn't replace it with patience. Now the second stage, I got into frustration. Now God wants you to identify. You have to have two things to battle it. Not one anymore. You have to recognize now your fault needs to be replaced with two good things. You have to have peace and calmness and patience now to get rid of you, because why? You let it go to the first stage. You no longer can just say, all I need is peace and it's going to get rid of it. This is why we still have the problem sometimes, because we never recognized it. We never recognized it. So we need to recognize if we get to the second stage of frustration. We have to have peace and calm to get rid of our frustration. But we also must realize that we also need to be patient because this is where it started from, our irritation. If we only deal with this part, irritation still remains within us. So we need both. We need both. Now let's get deeper. We missed both of them. Two levels. He had moved us. We now, we irritation, we are frustrated, and now we become angry. What is the opposite of angry? Happy. happy, Joy. Yeah? Happy or joy. You see, when he gets to the third level, this becomes obvious sin in your life. God wants you to know something, and he wants you to pertain it and put it to your practice in your life. You see, when you get to the part when it reaches your heart, you have to ask for forgiveness. You have to ask God, Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. But you have to expose what your sin is to the light. Who's the light? Jesus is the light. You have to identify and recognize. You cannot just say, Forgive me, Lord. You ever did that when you were a kid? You tell mommy and daddy, mom, daddy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you look, what are you sorry about? What did you do? You ever had that when your kids did that? My kids all did that, and I gotta ask them what you did wrong. I don't know what they did wrong. They just telling me sorry, daddy, sorry, please, please don't give me licks. And like, well, what 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 you did wrong? He said that mom told me not to take the cookie out of the cookie jar, and I still took them out. I was disobedient. God wants us to expose our sin. He wants us to identify, not just ask forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord, because I became angry, frustrated, and irritated in my situation. It has corrupted me. Now, instead of three responsibilities, I have four. So it moved from one plus one is two. And two times two is four, even though we're only on the third level. We have four responsibilities. Our first responsibility is asking forgiveness. You blew it. You have let Satan come in to the back door. First, he had his foot in. Well, first, he actually only was just knocking at the door. You open the door, and you let him in on the second stage. The second stage, now he's in. Your sin in your life. Ask forgiveness. But how do we ask? We ask God forgiveness. Because I've been angry, frustrated, and irritated. And God's response is that you need to replace it now. Be after your salvation with three things. You must replace anger with joy. Brother, I apologize if I'm yelling at you from the side of the road. But I have joy in my heart. But Everything is good. Everything is good, it's my fault. I shouldn't turn left. I replace it with joy. But you see, I cannot stop there. Now from joy, I gotta make sure that peace is in this. That there's peace within my life. And then from peace, it becomes patience. So now I replace my frustration of my day. Well how many times you go to the day and says, Mom, what happened today? I don't know, but I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good. Why are you not doing good? I'm 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 pissed off. I'm just mad at the world. I don't like the way things are going. You see, when you get to this level, everything becomes angry. Oh, I'm mad with the weather. I'm mad with the church leaking. I'm mad that I want to walk in the water. I'm mad my car doesn't run. Everything becomes angry. Because you let anger, the spirit of anger, come in your heart. You see, it is so important for us to identify and recognize when it first comes in. And if it goes through these stages, we've got to learn to get rid of it. How do we get rid of it? God has given us the tools. Replace it with the opposite. If you move to the higher level, make sure you ask forgiveness. Clean your heart. Make right with God. And put these things and actions in your life. I'm just going to go over one other one. Because I know that we have a lot of things that you guys might have. God who does too. No, no, No thing, I'm perfect. I'm far from being perfect. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. My human experience messes up. It messes up. But what it is, is God wants us to learn the spiritual side, the mysteries that unlock things. How do we get rid of these problems? You don't have to live like this. Like I said, you ever seen somebody that gets angry and they get mad for days? You guys know people like that? They started off, this guy might be a really happy guy. And then he gets mad all of a sudden one day. And then you cannot talk to him all week. I can mention with Berta because Berta's my sister. But we have family members that hold grudges for a year. How you like that? Why? They had entered, let these levels get into life. And now these lives become bitter and angry lives. If you don't get rid of it the longer you wait, it just adds and fuels and they end up hating everybody. You piss off with everybody. The guy looks at you the wrong way, brother. What you looking at? The wrong looks. The wrong things you say. It even affects us even with our kids. If these levels come up, we have loving children. Do you ever recognize sometimes that we get irritated with them very easily? That we get irritated with them, we're like, oh man, you know, this, this, this that boy better just shape up or He better shape up. He continues to do that. I move to the next one. Now I'm frustrated. Now you got me frustrated, boy. Now you got me frustrated. Now you go to the next step. Now I'm angry, boy. Get over here. I'm going to spank you. You're going to spank him in anger? I tell you as your pastor, I believe in in discipline. But I'm going to tell you something that God shared with you. Never give your children lickings when you're mad. One, you're not in the right place. And we just had this message on Sunday, on Wednesday you got to check yourself first and make sure you're good before you correct something that is including your kids. If you're going to spank them, make sure you're in the right spirit. That is of God. Make sure that you're not angry and frustrated. Because when you're in the right spirit, you're going to find out, you're going to look to yourself and say, Nah, I don't need to spank them. i just going to scold them. You're going to find out that most of the time that's going to work. That's going to work. You know, so it's identifying these levels. If you don't, it starts to corrupt your life. Understand these things. I'm still working at the irritation part in my life. You see, I get one thing opens on my irritation. Now I get irritated with everybody in the family. Like I said, I'm not perfect. If I don't identify it, I get to the part of frustration. And if I get to the part of frustration, I get angry. Now I gotta say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. And I share with you another story that is real life stories. I can't cannot remember what the topic was. You remember what the topic was? I was irritated with a the situation. Then I got mad with everybody. At the end. Remember, I don't even remember what that was. But this just happened a couple of days. You remember, Marco? Was it at the
1: bookstore?
0: Huh? The bookstore? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I am having a wonderful day in God. God is revealing people to me all over the place. I get to the bookstore at Kamehameha School. And I meet a guy that is very, which is I didn't recognize in the beginning, but very bitter against godly people. You see, he went to all a bunch of churches. And now he's he's criticizing all of the churches. Oh, he, this is not of God. This is not of God. This is not of God. I don't believe this, I don't believe that. Remember, I said, always look at your source of where the information comes from. And I did. I I accepted that, that this person is not in his right position. And he even says to me in his own words, he said, you know, I know about lukewarm. I said, what do you know about lukewarm? He said, if God says, if I am lukewarm, he will spit me out of my mouth. So I choose to be evil, to be wrong. Because that way he doesn't spit me out of my. Oh, I said, no problem. He won't spit you out of mine. Now he's going to burn you. And he never heard that. He was like, oh, oh, yeah. I said, what's your excuse now? You know God? Yeah. But he admits that his fault's in God. But he's trying to tell me, which I explained to him, I'm a pastor now. He's <laughs> trying to tell me how to be a pastor. How to be and how to listen to God. That his ways is the ways of God. Look where your source comes from. Which I did. I was fine with it. I was fine with it until he said something. And I I said, you know, brother, we should never get into arguments in situations. Because we get into arguments that's not of God. But if you want to talk more about things on God one-to-one, come to the church. I gave him my card. And I said, come down. We'll sit down and we'll talk. And I'll listen to what you got to say. But we're not going to do this in the open. It's not going to happen. identify that. But he doesn't stop. He kept going, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? I said, brother, I'm going, right? And he said, well, before you go, what about this? Women shouldn't talk in church. Whoa. I'm like, now. From irritation, I got frustrated. What are you talking about? Women not supposed to talk in church. He said, no, women should not be ministers, they should not be evangelists, they shouldn't be pastors, they shouldn't do anything of the church. They need to be obedient to their husband. The God says that the the man is the head of the household. Now, out of my frustration, I said, let's stop right there. Man is the head of the household. What did you just say? He said, Man is the head of the household. And I said, Are we talking about the house or are we talking about church? Are we talking about worldly things or are we talking about godly things? He says, Well, you show me where in the Bible that women are part of the ministries. And I said, Well, I'll show you in Colossians, Thessalonians, Titans, Corinthians, and Timothy. I show a lot of places where the women are part of the church. They are spokesmen, they are speakers, they are evangelists, they minister. I said, where you get on this thing? He said, because man is the head of the household. Yes, he's the head of the household. He didn't say, You're the man is the head of the church. He said, Jesus is the head of the church. He didn't say that role of a man being the head of the household now carries on to church. That you need to quiet your woman. I said, you base it on one scripture in Corinthians. I said, you base it on... On that the man and a woman was separated in the church. And the woman would yell from across the room, Honey, what does the pastor mean? I don't know what he's talking about. And Paul says, No, she needs to be silent. When church is going on, go well, ask your husband after church. That's what he's referring to. He didn't tell women they don't know. He spoke out. <laughs> and if you think you're here at this church, to just sit down, all to your ministries, and not say anything, I will tell you something different. God is telling me, you need to speak out. Your spokesmen, your ambassadors. He did not say men are ambassadors to God. He said we all that believe are ambassadors. An ambassador speaks of the heavenly realm. He speaks of the godly things. But you see, it moved me into a position of frustration and anger. I had to ask God for forgiveness. I said, how did I let that happen? How did I let that happen? that I started getting angry. See, I needed to forgive myself. I need to replace my anger with joy. I need to replace my frustration with peace and my irritation with patience. I was set free from that. This is what the message is about. To set you free from your time there so that you don't carry it on. Jesus says don't go to bed at night angry. Why? Because you let him in. He let you in. You let him him in. You're going to go sleep in anger and then you're going to ask me and says, "Co, oh, I don't know understand why, but I'm having this terrible nightmares and I can't sleep." And the first thing I'm going to ask you, what did you let in? Did you go to sleep angry? Did you go to sleep frustrated? Did you let Satan get in your door and you didn't close it on him and make right before the end of the day? God wants us all to examine our lives. This is why you're drawing these pictures. He wants you to recognize these things in your life and recognize that it needs to be replaced. Every stage of that mistake. Every stage of that back door. This is your key and your answer to get rid of it. If you're finding it difficult in your life to overcome certain sin in your life, certain problems in your life, that's why I use examples, but you can use whatever example that pertains to you in your life. But when you find that this this problem still exists, it still carries on. You don't know how to get rid of it. God has given you the key to get rid of it. He's given you the key. He's made you aware. He has brought it into the light. He's brought it open to you for you to understand. In other words, get rid of it. Now he's telling you how to get rid of it. Yeah? Know this. In your heart, you will feel the things that bother you. Do you get irritated so quick? Do you have sexual problems? Yeah? Do you get irritated, or do you have problems with with depression? Understand where that depression stage started from. It just didn't happen right there all the way to the beginning. There was a, a pastor of mine, when I first got saved back in '76. He was a, the pastor of Ever Beach Assembly of God. He was known as a demon fighter. He was known as a demon fighter, and this is where like brother me and Ma- brother Maitland come into play, in our cousin. We, my pastors was his cousins was some of the passes. But one of the things that, that, that he shared with me that always stuck to me, how do people get possessed? You see, it goes to three stages itself, and not, not knowing this at the time, and yet I, I remember the three stages. He says your first stage that you have is depression. When you start to go to depression, you go to oppression. After you have gone from depression to oppression, you become possession. This is how the devil works and makes all a sense now where we're coming from. your three elements that fall into sin. your three parts that fall into sin. We end with our last scripture tonight, which I'm going to read, if you guys don't mind. These are the things that we are to replace with the things that climb in: walking, crawling, sneaking, knocking our back doors. But the fruits of the Spirit is love. The fruits of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is forbearance and kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness, faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is gentle and self-controlled. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. These are your steps tonight. Because we all know that we don't live a perfect life. We all know that we fall short of God's glory. It sometimes can be the simplest form. But there's no such thing with God that He says, oh, Kaiki has committed a small sin, but John committed a big sin. Let me tell you something. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. All sin blocks us out from God. It is only through the salvation of Christ and His blood that restores and reconciles our relationship with the Father. Sin blocks out. The wages of sin is death for the gift of God. This eternal life. So I want you to continue when you get home to do your triangle. I want you to the next time that you start to feel something creeping in on you identify it right from the start. Oh, honey, do you notice that I'm getting a little I notice you're getting a little irritation. If it's somebody in your family be <coughs> gentle with them and accept that you might be getting irritated. Because you don't want to get further than that, and if it is with irritation, be patient, be patient, get through that, yeah, get through that, this is our message tonight, yeah, it said, we identify identified the good, but do we identify the bad in our life, we identify our strengths, but do we identify our weaknesses, we're going to go start communion, and um, I didn't even bring out our guitar and stuff, you didn't bring out the song, huh? But if we can uh, a couple of ushers come up and uh, help us with the, the bread and wine, please. So, anybody, you guys all called to do God's work. Go help yourself, pass it out. And two on guitar. Huh? Nah, later. play a
1: song. We'll
0: go play a song, okay. Something nice. Okay, I want
1: to <coughs>
0: Thank you my brother.
1: This Thank you my brother. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Anyone's all right. As long as it's softer for now. I mean, God gives you a perfect one that's even better yet.
1: So now
0: it's going to play. You know, the reason that we do communion is because God asks us to. But the reason why He asks us to which makes the difference. He wants us to constantly remember what He has done for us. You see, you know, I I shared with this in today's um, church in the morning, that we talk so much about the sacrifice that God did, what Jesus did, when he died on the cross. But I start to realize there was even a bigger sacrifice than that. You see, Jesus was with his Father in heaven, almighty, all-powerful. He didn't have to suffer anything in his life. He didn't have to cry. He never felt pain. He never felt sorrow. He never had to go to any stages, even at the lowest level, when he was in heaven. He was a perfect being. So perfect that the Father said that He created us in His Son's image. That He created us and wanted us to be just like His Son. How precious His Son is to Him. The greater sacrifice that I see is giving up that perfect place to come down to a corrupt world. Why? Why? Come to a corrupt world. Why suffer? Why go through pain? And Jesus answered me, because of love. I love you. I love mankind. You see, son, they have learned To get distance from me. They didn't know how to be there with me. They didn't know how to feel the love of my father anymore. This becomes more precious to me. That you have an opportunity to go back to the father. And trust him. The garden of Eden was supposed to last for eternity. We're all supposed to have a beautiful life, an earthly experience. But it was still the Father's will that we learn what is good and evil. We took one fruit, but there's more than one tree in the garden. There's an eternal life tree. He hid that one from us because in order for us to know eternal life, we must be one with the Father, one with the Son. This is what becomes when we accept Jesus in our heart. He replaces these things in our life. He teaches us how to get rid of it. A greater sacrifice of him coming down to show his love. And showing his love to an ultimate test of allowing himself to go to the cross and be beaten by your creation. How bad is that? Imagine raising dogs so that they can eat you and turn against you. This is what happened. We're the image of God, and we turned against God. This is what God shares with me with communion. He has given everything up for us. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember the things I did on this earth for you, The love that I've given you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, and like we shared in the first message, the first service, he was betrayed not by an enemy. He was betrayed by one that he loved. That turned him in. He knew that, and he never even turned him in yet. But he knew of a deeper thing that he would do, that he would die on the cross for us. The disciples had no clue what he was talking about. The, the communion became relevant after his death. Pretty mean, huh? A Jesus that knows all things, knowing that what he was going through, and this you do in remembrance of me. The night that he was betrayed, they took bread and ate it and said, This is my body that I'm going to sacrifice for you. The same time, he took the wine and he said, this is my blood. It is of a new covenant, a covenant that allows us to have a relationship with the Father, all men. It is a covenant that allows the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. A covenant that makes us a co-heir, an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That we can call on God Almighty as our Father and Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This represents the new covenant that He spread and signed it with His blood. I want you just sit back for a minute or two and Tukau talks again. But I want you to think about that sacrifice. Is it relevant in your life or is it irrelevant? Does it mean something in your life or does it mean nothing? You see, if it does mean something, he expects changes in your life. Let us meditate for just a minute or two on that. For us who believe and have chosen Jesus as our Lord and Savior. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke bread. And he said, this is my body. I sacrifice for you out of love. So that your life can be changed. He said, take this bread, eat it. It's my body, take and eat. Then he raised his cup with wine inside. He said, this is my blood. It's of a new covenant. The covenant that I shared with you. That introduces a lot of things in our life. He said he wants us to remember this. He said, take and drink. This is my blood of a new covenant. Take and drink. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for all things. I thank you, Lord, that you give us an obedient heart, that we continue to do what you command us to do, that you continue to allow us to get closer to you. And I know it's the closer we get to you, the closer you get to us. The more that we seek your wisdom, the more wisdom you give us, the more knowledge, the more understanding. Continue to bless us in our life, Lord. I pray that your message sinks deep within them tonight. That they can identify things before it builds up to something that is bad. Let them recognize from the beginning and shut that door with the fruits of the Spirit. I praise you and I glorify you. Continue to bless us tonight in our time of worship as beautiful music that we call out to you, Lord, and sing with our voices and raise our hands to the heavens in thanking that you are our God and our Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.